Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Mikoroi Hawkins. Coming up first... They are trying their best to evacuate all the residents around that area, including our Tongan police. With hundreds of thousands affected by Cyclone Gabriel, we've been following the ordeal of Tongan RC workers trapped on rooftops in Hawke's Bay. Also... What he said is prisoners. He is prisoners. It's irresponsible. No leader should be doing that. We're keeping a close eye on the political situation in Fiji, with the opposition leader being accused of making treasonous comments on the floor. And later on... I have seen a lot of my old people, old mates that have disappeared and, and have taken a lot of uh, our knowledges with them. We spoke with a Cook Islands master navigator who's searching for traditional navigation knowledge that he says could be hidden in stories and songs. A national state of emergency is in effect in New Zealand where Cyclone Gabrielle continues to wreak havoc to the country's North Island. Lydia Lewis reports from Auckland. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has called this extreme weather event the biggest in recent times. It comes hot on the heels of serious flooding in Auckland. Today alone, a repair crew had to abandon a vehicle in rising floodwaters in Auckland's west as wild winds lash the North Island. One volunteer firefighter has been rescued from a landslide and is in hospital, and a second remains missing. Hundreds of people in Auckland were already suffering from last month's severe weather event before this one. Energy Minister Megan Woods estimates there to be around 225,000 people without power across the country. She says this is the largest disruption to the electricity network since Cyclone Bowler. Around 50 Tongan RSC workers who were trapped by raging floodwaters on rooftops in Hawke's Bay for hours ended up stranded on a hill with their rescuers. Lydia Lewis interviewed Tongan RSC worker liaison for Hawke's Bay, Tevita Lata, who spoke with the boys before their batteries ran out. He says they were cold and hungry but resilient after the impacts of the Tonga volcanic disaster. They, they are all from Tonga, uh, around 50 uh, of them. The yeah, there were four groups, two groups from Hapai, and one group from Tongatapu, and one from the last one from Baba. The ladies I got from the employer, Mr. Apple, and the civil defense, that the, um, the police and the rescue team are trying to use rescue boat plus the helicopter because of the, the nature of the of the water, the current is so strong. They are trying their best to evacuate all the residents around that area, including our Tongan police. What and is they the are area? Trying, they said Omaranui area. Um, that's the name of the road. That area is uh, already confirmed to be evacuated as soon as possible. So this is the situation now. But uh, uh, this information was given to me at 3 o'clock. So this is my my latest. So now is and I wish to to get some more update from the uh, rescue team, from the civil defence and the police. How old are these men and boys? Yeah, the, I think the youngest around um, twenty to forty-eight or fifty. There have been natural disasters in Tonga in the past. Were any of them prepared? for a situation like this? It's pretty hard to to prepare for a situation, but tell me about how prepared they were and how they acted. 
Yeah, because uh, they are mostly from from the island, and they know how to swim, and they know how to survive. They are they, uh, for me, they are the they are the survivors. You know, uh, when I when I keep encouraging them and advise them because um, in the morning, yeah, and the and the and the team leaders um, um, so good working closely with the boys to to make sure they are safe. So. Uh, from the latest report from the civil defense at three o'clock, they said they are all safe and they are trying to rescue them as soon as possible. Uh, some of our of our other uh, RA, uh, uh, RSE workers and some other uh, local Tongans, they want to go there and rescue and and help, but because of the of the system of security and safety, the police and the um, uh, they, they 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 are they are blocking the and they are closing most of the, of the like the high the, the motorway and some main road, to uh, to make sure everyone will be safe while they are trying to rescue uh, those guys. And how did they sound? What were they saying to you? Is anybody cold, hungry? And Mr. Apple, their employer, how have they responded to this situation? Yeah, and I know that uh, Miss Hyapo is working so hard with uh, with uh, civil defense to rescue um, these boys, and yeah, with the for and bring them to the evacuation center. So I'm waiting for for uh, for some update to make sure that they are all rescued, and then I will go and meet with them. There is anger and frustration from a Tongan community leader, meanwhile, in Auckland, who's been watching on in angst while he desperately tried to get emergency services to get the boys out. Pakula Manasi Lua says the whole situation was a life-or-death situation. He told Lady Lewis it's been horrendous to watch it unfold on social media. The incident happened at 6 o'clock, though. The boys noticed the water starting to flood, and they contacted... Um, him and he contacted civil defence, and the civil defence were there apparently in, in a boat, but the water rose so quickly that the currents were too strong for them to apparently get to the boys. So they've been stuck there. They haven't been rescued, but they were safe. How long have the boys been on the roof? Well, since um, probably 9 or 10 a.m. So they've been on there for, for quite a few hours now, and the fear will be... Um, you know, hypothermia and uh, exposure to the wind, rain, cold, you know, that's going to be a, a real concern. And, you know, a lot of the coverage I see is they've, they've mentioned nothing about the boys. And uh, the concern is that the efforts are going to other, you know, and fair enough, you know, there are other probably other people who are stranded, but they've got to also make sure that we're looking after everybody. I've heard that there are also other RSC workers from Tuvalu who are also stranded, similar to the boys. What is your message to the government? Totally understand that they're under stress and they're doing their best, but um, the urgency here is we don't want any fatalities and they should pull all resources. How about getting some helicopters if they can to lift them out of there um, if the resources are available and it's safe? Um, you know, But this, this could turn fatal if, if it's not sorted out quickly. The boys have been um, you know, exposed to the elements now for more than four hours now since the morning uh, and it's heading into night so the concern is to try and rescue them now um, before something further might happen if the weather doesn't improve.
Do the boys have any emergency supplies, raincoats, anything? The um, Tbilita told them to try and warm clothing. Some of them had warm clothing, but uh, most of them just clambered up on the roof and, um, you know, they have what they have on and whatever clothes they could, could take. Understand some of the boys um, uh, who were a bit more accustomed to this from Hapai had uh, the good sense to put some warm clothes in a plastic bag and took it up. So some of them are prepared, most of them aren't. How concerning has it been watching this all unfold? Yeah, very distressing because, um, you know, I'd assumed that when um, I was told they were safe, my assumption was immediately that they were rescued, but actually they're not. They're, um, they're just safe, but on the roof. So they haven't actually been rescued yet. Are they safe on the roof when there is water that has been described as a torrent around them? Yeah, exactly. That's not safe at all. But that, that's the advice I was given. And um, I'm quite frustrated that um, we were not given more information because I don't know for what, whatever reason um, there's no information coming back officially from those channels around the true extent of the situation. But we're getting a piecemeal and I had to try and find a contact and I finally found one from uh, a source who's there, Tevita Niu, who's um, one of the um, p- people who are looking after these workers. Yeah, and, and it's urgent. I think that's what I want to get across is that um, they need to be taken off those roofs immediately or as soon as possible. And still in Auckland, Sir Michael Jones has been helping out on the front line at Trust Arena. He says he too has been gutted to hear the news of what the boys from Tonga have been going through. But devastated to hear that and uh, really learned, um, you know, not only for their own immediate safety, but how challenging it is for them, given their family, you know, over back home in Tonga, and having to to hear uh, and try and keep up their hearts go out to both, uh, you know, to, to everyone that's in, you know connected to this really sad set, set of events. Um, it can get sorted really quickly in terms of, you know, you know, just just uh, evacuating from that precarious situation, and then giving families back in Tonga. And sadly, you and I met through another massive disaster. I mean, these workers actually, I know, have been impacted by the eruption, and then now to come to this is this really traumatizing? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a double blow. Um, yeah, many of these workers are connected in, in so many ways to what happened in, uh, in the Hongo Hapai uh, eruption. So now, you know, and this and the plight they are in is just yeah, it's a it's a, it's a um, so yeah. Again, we're just hoping and praying for the best possible for them, and 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 at least in this. Um, and and they can um, again just can be reassured that all is okay, and and that's really key right now. In Auckland as well, many people badly badly impacted. Can you please explain for our listeners in the Pacific region what um, how Aucklanders have been impacted um, the last month, and then also again now? Yeah, it's been an absolutely crazy few weeks. I mean, two weeks ago, obviously there. You know that hundred-year event flood um, just caused havoc and, and destruction in, in our city, certain pockets, obviously more so than others. And definitely out here in West Auckland, um, you know, many were displaced and, and many lost not only homes but all their belongings and loss of life, which is 
you know, just, just, uh, you know, it's unbelievable to think that um, in our city these, this could have happened. And we've just been really busy on, I suppose, the front line end with um, the event centres that were that were stood up really quickly. And then the communities that mobilised to link arms with the, you know, agencies, the government, the local government, every single social and health and, you know, whanau ora organisation in between. Um, so yeah, it, the impact in terms of that flood, um, we were sort of still reeling and that was going to be a marathon and not a sprint in terms of the re recovery. Um, and then to be hit with cyclone in the last few days is just a duplicate and um, I suppose at another level of um, pain, I suppose, because again, there's people who have, um, you know, been displaced, um, people who are, are find their feet, and people who are still making their way into evacuation centres like the one we have here at the Trust Stadium. So, is there a lot of alofa going around at the moment? Oh, yeah, there's the Manaki and the alofa, the aroha is just not, not only from the, the, the community that's rallied around to mobilise probably put their own lives at risk in some respects because a lot of them were here late to last night and some slept the night um, and so were uh, far away from their own families um, on probably one of the wildest nights in, in, in Auckland's you know, uh, history and sort of in, in at least the mo most recent history. Um, but they just wanted to make sure that there were people here where people came in uh, to Manaki and, and Afi, you know, to serve them make a tea, make a hot chocolate, have some food um, and just some a warm bed in an environment where they felt safe and secure um, and, and they had all the services sitting right there. RNZ Pacific understands as of 6pm on Tuesday the RSC workers had been airlifted from the area. For the latest on this and other weather-related stories, please check our website rnz.co.nz. Fiji's former Prime Minister, Frank Bainimarama, has come under fire and could end up losing his seat as an MP for making comments against the head of state in Parliament on Monday. Mr Bainimarama, who now leads the opposition, said President Ratu Wiliame Katonivere, who has the executive authority of the state and as the commander-in-chief of the Republic of Fiji military forces, failed to protect the constitution. He added the president, who previously agreed to the values of Fiji's supreme law, the 2013 constitution, has chosen to tragically ignore the mockery the new administration has made of constitutional democracy. The president has failed to protect the constitution, the rule of law, and failed to halt the resultant chaos that is insidiously and rapidly creeping in and the impending disaster that is going to befall upon our beloved country. That will fall upon our people upon our economy and upon our future generations. But Home Affairs Minister Pio Tikondundua has labelled Mr Bainimarama's remarks as treasonous. He told local media a leader of Mr Bainimarama's stature should not make such comments. He says the issues must be dealt with as a matter of privilege, suggesting that Mr Bainimarama could end up being referred to the Parliamentary Privileges Committee for an alleged breach of Section 62 of the Standing Orders. What he said is treasonous. He is treasonous. Now that matter, it should be referred to privilege. Parliament deserves that for its integrity, and the people deserve it. Also, 
because that's exactly what he did. You know, it's irresponsible. No leader should be doing that. If the former Prime Minister is found to be at fault under the parliamentary rules, he could face suspension from the House. Meanwhile, in a separate matter, Fiji police have also confirmed that Baini Marama and the former Attorney General Ayaz Said Kayum have reported to the Criminal Investigations Department in Suva. The Chief of Intelligence, Acting Assistant ACP Sakeo Raikanthi, said both men are being questioned for allegations of abuse of office with regards to a separate report lodged earlier. Police say more details will be released later. Traditional navigation knowledge could be hidden in stories and songs, according to Cook Island's master navigator. Tepuna Marama Voyaging Foundation will hold a navigation workshop on Friday and Saturday in Poriro in Wellington. Organization founder and master navigator Peya Patai hopes all the Cook Islanders will share their knowledge on indigenous Maori star names at the workshop. It's the third workshop of its kind, with the previous two held in Rarotonga and Auckland. Mr. Patai talks with Caleb Fotheringham about the upcoming event. The event is to come and touch space with our older people in, in Wellington. There's a lot of uh, old people that are now residing in New Zealand. What they know or what they still have in regards to traditional navigations and canoe sailing. So it's really a storytelling uh, workshop that, that we sit and listen to them and tell us stories. I'm not sure how much left with our people, but I think this is a time to touch base with them before they, uh, they, they disappear because I, I have seen a lot of my old people, old mates that have disappeared and, and have taken a lot of uh, our knowledges with them. So we are at the moment in, in the process of collecting all of that because I myself am still behind in, in, in learning the, the Maori, Kukari Maori names of stars and, and I, because I wanted to teach in, in the real uh, rather than teaching in, in, uh, in English. So at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm teaching in English, which, which I feel a bit awkward about it. So mm-hmm. that's the main purpose of the, of the actual um, workshop that we're doing it in, um, in Porirua. What type of information are you you're hoping to learn from these older people in Wellington? You mentioned traditional Māori names of stars. Is that sort of one of the things that you're looking at? Yes, that's, that's basically um, the most important ones. There are still names that we have collected from the last two workshops that we did in Auckland and, and Rano. And, and also the, we visited some of the outer islands. The issue with us is, is that we, we got 12 names or 10 names to one star. For example, Moga have his own name of stars. Uh, Maniki have his own name of stars. So I wanted to naturalize it to get a name. And it does not matter what name do we use. But the issue also that we have now is, is that a, a lot of the star names are, are not there. But I, I believe some of our star names are in our stories and in our songs. So some of our old people might not uh, think that they have that star. But once, once you listen to them tell stories, now and then it pops out. That's the amazing thing, things about it. So I'm looking forward to it, to listen to, to, to their stories and, and, um, and whatever they have or, or to, to the songs. So I really do encourage um, a lot of our people uh, to, to turn up to the workshop. Once it's all done, we compile it. We pass it on to the cultural department here and, and, and get archived 
not for us only, for our young people of tomorrow that they can access it. So it's recorded and it's not, um, it, it won't disappear. Has a lot of knowledge been lost in the past? It has, basically. In the course, as you know, navigation has totally disappeared. We, we kind of praise ourselves in our songs and, and storytellings that we are famous sailors just because our ancestors did it, but we don't do it. But now the activities are well alive now because of, of, um, of uh, what we'll be doing with, with the canoes. But we're still behind in, um, in teaching in the real. So I think it's very important for us to collect all this information from our older people who see what they have. And I'm sure that some of the, the New Zealand Maori names are, are very similar with, with our ones. So that might be one of the things that we have to, to have a look at. And in terms of what traditional navigation is like at the moment in the Cook Islands, is it being revitalised quite a bit? Um, I think the slackness is on, on myself and tour to, to teach. We, we sail a lot, but I don't think the knowledge is it's quite spread. My wish is to, to get that um, uh, traditional navigation created in curriculum and then uh, get it accepted into our educational programs here. Um, this is one of the things that we've been thinking for a very long time. So we definitely need to, uh, to get it done and activate it so that it's the only way that we'll keep on living. At the moment, that's the only two persons that can do that. Um, and we're not, we're, we're not getting younger. So it's, it's an urgent move to, to start passing on the knowledge to our young people. That's Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Look at me for next time more.